Welcome to Armchair Preaching, a podcast of the First Presbyterian Church in Lakeland, Florida. This is a podcast about God's Word, the beauty of the gospel, and what it takes to communicate that truth to others. I'm your host, Pastor Zach McGowan, and on today's episode, Pastor Kenny, Pastor John, and I are joined by Student Ministry Coordinator and Director Brian Morgan as we talk about what fills us up spiritually and the second week in our series, Won't You Be My Neighbor? We hope you enjoy the conversation. All right, well, welcome back to Armchair Preaching. This is episode number 24. 24. 24. And uh, today's a special day, as uh, we pointed out when we first came in. It's a little more complicated today because we've got not three in the armchair. We've got four. There we go. Welcome, Brian Morgan. Brian Morgan's in the house. Yeah, glad to be here. Glad back, to be here. Back to the armchair along with Pastor mm-hmm. John. Pastor Kenny's here. Although I, I just got to point out, um, Brian is the only one that's not in. Doesn't technic- have armchair. Not technically no. in an armchair. Yeah. Yeah. Arm yeah. It still counts. Table. I think yeah. it still counts. It's a comfy <laughs> chair, though. It, it is very comfortable. Pretty comfortable. It keeps yep. your posture upright. Mm-hmm. You got that. I know I that's important. That. I know that's really important to Brian. So um, mm-hmm. today we're going to jump in. We've got uh, week number two in our uh, "Won't You Be My Neighbor" series. Uh, Brian was preaching in our Vine service. John was in the classic service today. But before we jump into the messages, I just want to kind of do a a general topic about our own kind of spiritual practices. You know, this Mm -hmm. is, um, for preachers, we, we, we constantly are calling people to engage in spiritual practices, to do things that edify them spiritually, to, to make them more hungry spiritually or to satisfy them spiritually. And it, it, I think it's helpful for people to know that that we're not just preaching that we right. actually we try to walk the walk. <laughs> yeah, right. We're we're imperfect at it, but we mm-hmm. we try. So I just want to other than Kenny, other, uh, Kenny is Kenny is product though. Yeah. <laughs> the closest right. thing to Jesus we have. Kenny, Kenny is That's it. right. You stop. <laughs> Could you grow a beard, please? We'd like to right. walk around some stainless steel. So I just want to kind of go around for a second and just talk through what is it that kind of lights you up spiritually? What are the things that keep you? keep you at it, um, or the things that you kind of re-engage with after a period of dryness. So um, we'll just kind of go around, and we'll start with uh, Kenny. Go ahead. What there we go. Yeah. Uh, well, um, it was probably four or five years ago that that I realized how pitiful my prayer life was. Like I'd said, I'd been in the ministry for a long time and felt like I never really got my feet or grew up spiritually enough to have the kind of prayer life that I thought I should have. So we, um, I felt like if that was true of me, it probably true of a lot of people. So we launched the the ninety day prayer focus, which, like I said, in a lot of ways, it was it, it it was it was me wanting, knowing that I needed to deepen that part of my my life with God. And um, and since then, I would just say that prayer has probably been the the place that I I. I feel like I've most grown. I feel more connected with God through prayer than than maybe the other practices at this point in my life. Although Bible reading and solitude and all that other stuff is important for me, it it's I feel like prayer is where I'm I'm most connecting with God these days. Yeah. What What about you, John? Well, I, I with Kenny, I, I, the the various practices are all they're, they're all uh, at different times or have great meaning to me. Uh, one that though that that has been consistently good 
when it's happening and uh, consistently longed for when it's not happening has been a uh, practice I began uh, probably three, four years ago now of Sabbath keeping. Yeah. And just tr- really trying to honor that one in seven rhythm and just understanding it's not law that was behind it, but it's but it's that, that if I can carve out and, and for me, it means figuring out what to say no to and what to stop doing. If I can stop doing those things that, that feel like work and uh, being at work and just re- be free from those things, I get the the exodus principle of freedom sabbath keeping as freedom and yeah. i get the creation principle of uh, of sabbath as rest yeah. both in the same time and that's been so when it happens like it, yesterday was what's today a monday was a, was a sabbath for me and you know i did a few things on monday and then finally just stopped i turned everything off shut down my phone shut down everything put it aside and i just wanted to spend some time pondering and, and being present to god and it was really rich and 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 great like i said when it happened when it's happening which has been very hard to do over the last year, mm-hmm. lots of yeah. changes. Yeah. But when it's happening, it's good beyond beyond measure. And when it's not happening, I long for it you know, desperately. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. What about you, Brian? Um, I would. My Bible reading is probably the the practice right now that I've just, for whatever reason, it just feels um, like it's been very rich for me. But specifically, the idea of just. Um, reflecting on what I'm reading. I think a lot of time my Bible reading would be like Bible speed reading time. Yeah. And I would just, okay, I read a chapter, I read two chapters, great, check it off the list, I feel really good about myself, God's happy. Uh, and <laughs> But then I just thought, man, I, I'm missing so much of the story because I'm not putting myself in the story, I'm not really reflecting on you know, uh, what the scene would have been like. You know, I mean, just the other day I'm reading in Luke where he feeds the 5,000 after that, it says that the crowd was going to try to take him by force and, and anoint him king. Yeah. And I thought, what was that scene like? Like, yeah. what was that being a part of that crowd? You know, and so when I put myself in the story and reflect on it, that's been a practice that's been really helpful. And I just feel like it's made the Bible become more alive to me as well. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. Mm-hmm. Well, and Kenny kind of mentioned one of the things that's kind of kicked that off. The prayer uh, f- focus that we did at the church has kind of kicked that that uh, practice into gear for him. What's been the thing? I know that you guys have, you, especially in student ministry and some of your leaders, have a, a tool, a mechanism that actually has helped that, I think, a little bit. You want to talk Saying about it? Saying as far as prayer? It, no, as far as Bible reading. As far oh, as okay. Bible reading. Yeah, so we have something called the CBR, which is, just stands for uh, Community Bible Reading. Yeah. And so we're on a track together as a student ministry, and, and the leaders and some other people in the church have just jumped on that with us. And so as a result of that, we've got all these different text groups that are going on between myself and the students, um, the adult leaders and students, and then even the staff, where you know we're all reading the same chapters, and then we get to text each other kind of our reflections as a result of that. And that's been great because... One, it's, it's for the student standpoint, um, it's got them kind of tracking in their Bibles, and they're hearing my reflections. Yeah. They watch me engage with the Scriptures, and I, I really appreciate it because it's given, my, it's given a, a greater depth to the language that I would use when I get to read other people's reflections. They say things in a way that I'm like, man, I, I would have never phrased it like that, but that was meaningful yeah. to me. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'd circle back to you, John, for just a second about the Sabbath keeping. Mm-hmm. I know that there was a moment where that, a few several years ago, that kind of lit you up a little bit more. Yeah. So what what was that moment, and what was the kind of the um, behind um, the scenes? Uh, drought uh, led to desire, which led to it. I, mean, I was really in a, in a place where I was, pr- I was 
coming quickly to burnout yeah. stage. And I said, if I don't do something, I'm going to be I'm going to be fried here, and I'm just going to stop being a pastor, and I'm just going to stop doing whatever. I need I know I need something. Yeah. And so I really began to dig in and study and learn and grow, and finally figured out this is this is what I need. And yeah. so that with, out of that out of that drought came this desire to to live differently and then just began to put it into practice yeah and what anything managed to it just said we're just going to start it yeah i'm gonna, just going to do it and we just started doing it and it was just and and for me it was i have to shut off that was a great moment actually a friend of mine roberto was like i was telling him about him you know when i'm on even when i'm on days off texts are coming in and yeah. emails are coming in and I'm responding to all these things there. And he looked at me and as only a good friend can do. And he said, well, whose fault is that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, all right, I need to do something about that. Yeah. And that's, that's what started it for me. Yeah, absolutely. Friend. Yeah. For me, uh, one of the things, and, and, and you guys have all kind of mentioned this a little bit, it's, it's been, um, just the community of faith that lights me up. Um, so whether it's, here on staff, uh, we have a time of prayer with the next kind of the, some of the next generation folks that we do on Tuesdays. That's a real that's a real ministering point for me. Um, but also getting to hang out and be with uh, you know the Bible study that I teach on on Sunday because they they inspire me and challenge me and I get emails from them constantly. But that community excites me, mm-hmm. you know, and it's it's because I realize that this is one that that faith is not just me and my Jesus, yeah. right? It is me and my Jesus, but it's not just that only, that we were created for um, the community, and we've talked about this before, and you guys have all kind of hit on that, that community being part of your, mm-hmm. the lighting you up, and f- so for me, it's whenever I can be with community in a meaningful and powerful way and see other people's lives kind of uh, just lit up for Jesus, it, it, it reminds me, because I'm a I'm a cynical, kind of sarcastic, kind of a down person by nature, so I have to overcome Wait, that. Cynical, sarcastic, down person? Yes, yes. <laughs> I, I, you I, should I, become that, a pastor. That's right. That's right. <laughs> yeah. You know, that's what they said to me when I... No, but that's, you know, so by, by, by nature, that's... it's. But so what lights me up is to see other people. I'm like, Dane, this is real. Yeah. I mean, this is... It's yeah. constantly that reminder that this is not my job. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, this is not... Not not just something I fell into. This is actually something that um, believing that Jesus Christ and came and died for my sins is a wonderful gift. Um, but even greater than that is the reminder that Jesus came and died for the sins of all these other people, and they believe it too. Yeah. And they're lit up. And, and whether it's in some sort of an outreach effort that we've done here, like we just came out of Christmas, there's a lot of outreach events, just seeing people do things together for this cause mm-hmm. of Jesus Christ. That just that lights me up. And it's not really yeah. a practice per se, but we we get we get the opportunity to to, to see that um, more than most, I think. And so mm-hmm. I think that's a real real privilege. That, that is cool. cool. And I think just see, seeing people, hearing people's faith be real to them yeah. and alive yeah. to them. I mean, if anybody who's listening, if you don't, if you haven't got a chance to be a part of Brian Morgan's text chains that he was just talking about a minute ago, you, you know, get involved in student ministries and, and just get on those, some of those text chains because, you know, you, you, you read these texts, because I get them every now and then. It's like, dude, man, he's fired up. Yeah. Or they're fired up. And it's yeah. really inspiring to see to see that. Mm-hmm. That's just one example of what you're talking about. It's yeah, great to it. see faith alive. It absolutely yeah. is. And, and I think... We can look at all, a lot of areas of life where it's always better when you're in a community. Yeah. Um, but I think it's it's no there's no more greater arena where the community brings just lifts the individual up um, than than the church, the body mm-hmm. of Christ. And so that to me Amen. is you know I think that's 
when we when we call people to to attend things or we call people to join in things that's what we're really calling people to do we're not calling them just to show up and you know be mm-hmm. a be a tick mark right um, but we're calling people to join and we pray that they get involved in that community of faith so that they also are enlivened. So, mm-hmm. yep. um, all right. Well, this week, um, speaking of, you know, coming to worship service and being together, uh, we had the, the second week in Won't You Be My Neighbor, Brian and John were in, uh, this, uh, the second week talking about, uh, kind of what do you say? You know, what do you do when you're with your neighbor? And so I'm just going to uh, jump off with John. What was your thought process? Um, you, you, you organized the series overall. We talked mm-hmm. about it, but you had the, the outline of the overall series. Mm-hmm. What was your thought process in putting this particular um, <clears throat> kind of area of topic um, at the second week after the identification of who's the neighbor, making yeah. sure we understand the story and, and all that. I'm hoping that this whole this whole series will feel uh, cumulative and it feel like it will, it will be building on itself. So you start out with that question of who is neighbor, which is really to get us thinking, well, who has God put, to, put yeah. us around? Who are these people in our lives? It's the, the lunch, the deli counter person that you talked about <laughs> in your sermon. Who are these people yeah. that God puts us around? But the second, the build on this this week is that, okay, we're going to need to say to say something to them. We're going to have some um, verbal witness to, to them uh, somewhere along the line. Are we ready for that? Mm-hmm. That was really what to, this week's message was about. Are we ready for that? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. What was the, when you approached that, you talked about kind of the, the building blocks of the story of faith. Mm-hmm. Uh, what were the things that you were really hoping you were getting across, you know, mm-hmm. creation, fall, covenant community, mm-hmm. you know, redemption, mm-hmm. uh, participation, participation? What mm-hmm. what were the things that you were really hoping to get across there with folks? Well, I had a conversation on Sunday night or Monday morning. I can't remember when it was, but uh, with somebody who said that 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 it which which answered the question, which is what is I really felt like I could I could hang my faith in the larger context of this story of faith. Yeah. I wanted to be able to tell them, I've got a particular story, but I wanted to set that in this larger story, which is interesting mm-hmm. that you did the same same thing, little different categories, right. you know, just three, three <clears throat> categories instead of the six, but it was, we, we both were trying to say, here here we are living this life, yeah. but I want us to be able to put our, put our life in the context of this larger redemptive uh, narrative history that God has given to us. And so yeah. mm-hmm. spent a, quite a bit of time trying to, trying to bring it into individual lives, Set it in this larger context. Individual life. Set it in this larger context. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. The in and out. And Brian, you did similar thing, but you really focused in on one particular scene in which the Apostle Paul yeah. does that. So talk to me about that and that that kind of thought behind that. Yeah. Well, the reason why um, I had three and Pastor John had six is because mm-hmm. he's smarter than me. And so he knows it better than I do. That's so what I we just, assumed. We've right, yeah, figured that. Right. That was just a given. I didn't even need to say that. Uh, but yeah, I just, I is wanted... It, is it review time? Is that yeah, that's right. Uh, I just wanted to be able to show, listen, um, somebody, Paul specifically, uh, just walking that out as he's talking to those philosophers uh, in Athens where he's walking them through creation, fall, redemption. And I went very practical um, with a lot of the sermon, just trying to give people handles on, all right, well, how do you get in those conversations? Because I do think that people are willing to have them, but it's just the question of do we know how to winsomely kind of get those conversations started? Yeah, And and that can be difficult. And so I just try to come up with some questions that would maybe help people to— 
uh, start to engage in those conversations a little bit. Yeah. One of the things I loved about about your questions were they weren't abstract questions that you read in a book and you transferred no, onto no, a piece no. of paper. These were real questions that you have mm-hmm. used and, and do use all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So, and, yeah. I, and I think that was important for people to hear, right? That these are these are road tested. You know, mm-hmm. these are these are in the streets kind of tested. And I think um, one of the things that's interesting, and, and and we've talked about this before, is the idea of asking good questions. Yeah. You know, how important is that to the evangelistic mm-hmm. endeavor? Um, mm-hmm. And, and uh, just curious, just to hear from all you guys about that, you know, entering into evangelistic kind of conversations. What are the challenges? What are the things that excite you? Where's that moment where you get like kind of the butterflies, like, oh man, this is going, okay, this is, I'm going into some good territory here. I don't want to, I don't want to mess this up. So what are the what are the kind of your thoughts and strategies about that sort of thing? Because this is that's really where that this message was going. Mm-hmm. Um, thinking through some practical things like that. What about you, Kenny? I think that I think the challenge for me, um, I, I think the ch- the challenge probably of the whole series is going to be um, conducting your life in a way that you actually are building friendships with whoever your neighbors end up being, whether yeah. that's your physical residential neighbors or the people you work with or whatever. I know that's my big challenge is I, I live so much of my life in church world. Yeah. And so it requires a lot more. Uh, I've got to be disciplined to when I get done at the end of a day here at the church office, if I'm out at the deli counter or walking in my neighborhood, um, just trying to be mindful about the fact that I, I haven't gotten to interact with people who are far from God all day. I, you know, I, yeah. so I want to, I want to try to do that. So I think, I think that to me is that the bigger challenge, um, is just trying to find places where I can have those friendships. I was at the dog park. We just got a new dog, a yeah. seven month old lab. And so uh, we find ourselves at the dog park now a lot trying to get him to run his energy out. And, um, <laughs> but I got to meet this, this young, this guy in his twenties who, um, works for the Tigers organization. And just, I just ended up in this conversation. I've been praying I'd get to meet some people. I just didn't think it'd be the dog park, but, um, but it was cool. But that, but that was one of those things where I had to be mindful of that. That is what you prayed for, man, that you, you want to meet some people who <laughs> yeah. you're not sure where, where they stand yeah. in their faith and just start to try to build a friendship. So, um, Anyway, so that that's still even though this week was all about what would you say if you end up in a faith conversation with somebody for me it's still I, the, the bigger challenge for me is getting in the relationships where those Creating conversations those, can yeah, even yeah. happen. Yeah, 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 absolutely. What about yeah. you, John? Your evangelistic kind of well, I mean, you guys know I just texted you guys a little while ago. I'm in yeah. a conversation right now with a person that I've known for for 15 years, yeah. and and so I, it's funny you asking what is it that I'm thinking about as I'm having those conversations. Yeah. And one of the things I was really intentional about with this person was was slowing down, yeah, and paying attention. To what's be actually being said, what's being asked, mm-hmm. and then trying to frame the react the responses before just jumping in. Like one point was the concern about, you know, the God of the Old Testament being an angry, yeah. angry, vindictive God. But rather than just jump right into that and start saying, "Here's why it is or isn't," you know, to to frame it 
broadly and yeah. say, you know, these are, first off, they're great questions, and I wanted to make sure that to affirm that these are great questions, and I think they are the important questions of life, yeah. Yeah. and they're not only great and important questions of life, but they've been asked for th- for thousands of years, They've been these same questions have been asked, and lots of people have come to these questions, and lots of people have landed in different places, but it, there's been this one strain of thought that has said, when we ask these important questions, we ask these hard questions, we've landed in this place that the Christianity holds together. Yeah. And so before I, I didn't, in fact, in fact, I didn't be, even begin to answer any. There's about six or seven points of concern that this person was having about the Christian faith. I don't think I answered one of them. Yeah. But I framed everything so I can, and said, I, you know, I need to go, but we'll continue this conversation. So I'm ready to come back and talk, start talking through each one of those. Yeah. But I wanted to frame it broadly. So it's really slowing down. Mm-hmm. Uh, just thinking through what a, if a response from where that person is, so I can just frame it in just a way, in such a way that it, it gets heard, yeah, without being, without sounding like I'm um, dictating or I'm, mm-hmm. you know, pontificating or I'm preaching, just yeah. preaching, preaching or <laughs> or I'm just or just spouting things I don't, you know, I marginally, yeah. you know, believe or what. I just mm-hmm. wanted to be noticed, real and as important as deep. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. What about you, Brian? Um, I think a shift needed to happen in my life where um, I think I had an agenda every time I yeah. came to these conversations. And so the person was more of a project than they were a person mm. in front mm. of me. And I was just guilty of that for so long. Um, and for whatever, over the last year or so, I just, I felt like one, I'm not the fourth member of the Trinity. So yeah, I right. don't have to, it's not my job <laughs> to convert them. I, so I'm freed up Ken, to just, Kenny is though. <laughs> right. Kenny <laughs> might be. Um, so I'm just freed up to listen, to ask good questions and allow, uh, I just really, I mean, to me, honestly, the most meaningful thing that I said throughout the sermon, I stole from Kenny yeah. <laughs> when he said, just having a seat at the table of their line. worldview. That and was a so good line. Yeah. I just want to be a person that can be a benefit to them, that can be that they know that I would like to be part of those conversations and yeah. I'm willing to talk about them and that there doesn't have to be pressure that, that whoever, whoever the non-believing person is in front of me, yeah. I give them the freedom to be who they really are yeah. without critiquing them overly or, or trying to cram anything down their throat. Listen, you can be who you really are. Ask the questions, and I'd love to engage in conversation, but um, just to, almost to your point, too, like to have the long view in mind a little bit. Yeah. Sometimes I felt like, all right, I got to get it done in one yeah. shot. No, I got. if I'm in friendship with this person and I've identified them as a neighbor and I see them every once in a while, then I, then I got lots of opportunities. Yeah, yeah. Well, and, and like you just said, it's not it's not entirely up to you, right? Right. I mean, we we don't do the converting work, mm-hmm. right? All we can do is lay out um, a heart of a heart of that that's driven by love and faith. Mm-hmm. And when the questions come or when the opportunity arises to present the truth as we know it from Scripture in a way that's still loving and kind yeah. and and takes the person into consideration, remembering that that person is created in the image of God. They have infinite value and worth. Jesus died for them as much as he died for anyone else. Mm-hmm. And so, but it's not up to us to to do the job of conversion. We just get to be the the I think for me, the big shift you talk about shifts was the idea that I am strictly an instrument. Mm-hmm. I am not the end all be all. It, even when we're preaching, we're not the end all be all. We are simply the instrument of of God's grace. Um, and if we get to be a part of that, 
dang, that's a miracle. Yeah. I mean, that's a miracle, yep. especially yeah. for me, because yeah. I am a moron much, much <laughs> of the time. Yeah. And, and, and so to me, I'm just like, if, if God gives me the opportunity, at it, whether it's, we don't have dogs, but if it was at like a dog park or at the Publix deli counter or, you know, for us, like just the, literally the next door neighbor, you know, um, then if I'm not willing to step into that role, it's not that that person's soul is eternally lost. God's going to bring so I just missed the blessing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that, and like what you just said, the fun of that and kind of to bring it back to the original question where we we're saying our practices, well, if we're dialed in and we're happy in our heart on Jesus and we're yeah. excited about him, then of course I want, I want to tell people about the greatest man who ever lived, who did the most amount of good for the most amount of people for the longest amount of time. Yeah. I want to introduce him to that person because yeah. yeah. he's the best. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think, I think Brian and I both felt this, um, and I could tell from some of the things you said in, in your message, and I certainly was feeling it, that, and we've been, ar- we've been around long, to, long enough to know that people, you, you talked about sweaty palms or people getting nervous about <laughs> yeah. the idea, yeah, you're, you're, about both, to, you're about you to lay this out on me. That yeah, yeah, that yeah. and so, so the, I, we both realized that, that you know, this, is a, this, this can be a source of anxiety for people mm, yeah. to, to ask them to go to their, in their workplaces or schools or mm-hmm. neighborhoods or wherever they are to actually have an, a verbal conversation with yeah. other people. And part of what was on my mind, I knew it was on your mind as well, was just trying to trying to demystify that. Yeah. Yeah. Trying to make that as 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 easy as possible, as natural as possible. It's our yeah. own story. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, by, yeah. by by being aware of our story, but also being being able to have words to put it in this larger yeah. context. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think too, I think one of the things, again, building throughout this series is the idea that we're not talking about going to the street corner with a Bible and right. pounding it. We're talking about places that you would automatically go all the time with people mm-hmm. that you see and you already have conversations with mm-hmm. all the time. Yeah. Um, I want to circle back a little bit to the message. Was there something that really uh, challenged you in this seri- this this particular message? Something that you're like, man, I wish I could say this. I can't formulate this just right. I'm gonna have to leave it, you know, kind of off to the side. Or was there something that's like, I really want to make sure that this gets the this gets across, but that was a challenge for you. Brian, was there anything like that for you? Um, and it could be something that you kind of just, I had this little nugget, but man, I knew I was, I, I, it wasn't fitting in or whatever. I, I, you know, yeah, that was the best I got. I had no nuggets left. <laughs> I had no <laughs> leftover nuggets <laughs> anyway. Right? It was all my diamonds out there. Um, I mean, I think maybe one thing that I would suggest is, that if you if you find yourself and you say, man, I, I still feel anxious about engaging my friend or my neighbors in kind of some of these deeper level conversations, talking about worldviews, is do you know somebody that does? Yeah. Do, do you know somebody that does do that? And then can you get around them a little bit? I mean, a lot of times, you know, I, I find myself really encouraged when I get around people who are, you know, really strong Bible readers. Okay, then th- it helps me in my Bible reading, get around people who prayer lives is very deep all right so can i hang around you and and learn from you a little bit and Mm -hmm. so can you get around some people that maybe are a little bit more comfortable Mm -hmm. in talking about their faith and just watching them Mm -hmm. you know you think you do that in so many other areas of life yeah just hey watch me do it and then you're gonna learn yeah and so Mm -hmm. you can do that with some of these things as well and so i mean like i said if you find yourself hesitant is there somebody in your life um you know, that, that maybe they are already doing that and you yeah. can kind of learn from them um, as you watch them. That's well, I think great, that's, that's a, one point. of the, that makes me immediately think of somebody in our community, um, Ed Diaz, who has had a, min, a lifetime ministry in our community and he's amazing at relational evangelism, mm-hmm. being out yeah, in public is. with people, 
getting to know everybody who's at the pizza shop or the coffee shop. And anytime I go to lunch with him or I go downtown with him, I'm just, I'm just like, dang everybody. And I just watch him because I just, I just like, man, that's just does not come naturally to me, but it's cool to watch him do it because then it challenges me to say, Oh, well that's, that's all he did. He just, he asked a follow up question to something he must've asked him about last week. Mm -hmm. And he, but he remembered that that person had shared this or that. And, but it, like you said, sometimes this stuff's more caught than taught. Like you yeah, just need to see bit. somebody else do it. Mm-hmm. Then you're like, oh, I, I could do that, mm-hmm. you know, but you wouldn't think about it that way. So that, that's yeah. a good word of advice. Yeah, it's very and my good. little bit of time with him is that, that Jesus is always in that in the conversation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. You know, yeah. somehow or another, he's going he's gonna to work his faith into that conversation with whoever it is. Because I've, I've seen him out and about the yeah. same way. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. yeah. John, was there something in your message that you just were like, either you couldn't expound on it as much as you wanted to? You packed a lot in 22 minutes. Time. Yeah, I think I, I, said, I yeah. said it in the message. It's yeah. like, this is, I don't know about how crazy this is, but I, my, my the reading today will be Genesis 1 1 through Revelation 20. Buckle up. Just get ready. <laughs> From the, the day of creation until the, the day of redemption yet to, awesome. yet to come. So it was just really trying to, trying to you, know, you heard, you heard like, Generations came and hundreds and hundreds of years happened. Yeah. I, and I realized, like, man, I just sw- I just swept through the whole history of the of, yeah. of Israel. Yeah. <laughs> Fast forward, fifteen hundred years, years right. boom, in, in, in thirty seconds or so. Yeah. It was just really trying to compress all of that mm-hmm. into the into these these six sort of coat hangers to, on which to hang these pieces of the story yeah. that I found was the most mm-hmm. challenging. And and to find it in a way. I, the other thing I thought about was I knew you, Brian, and I had talked, and mm-hmm. I knew he was going way practical on, yeah. on things, mm-hmm. and I was like, how practical am I going to be? Yeah. I know I'm not going to be that, I'm not going to be like, like that, but I've got mm-hmm. something else in mind here. Yeah. But, so I was just trying to, you know, trying to weigh that out as yeah. well. So, you know, what, is there going to be something useful coming out of this? Yeah. One of the things, and I, I, I mentioned this to Brian just, just a, a, an hour or so ago, one of the things that's so interesting to me, and I think this is, again, kind of circling back to um, what's really important with the evangelistic, uh, the neighborly kind of uh, uh, enterprise is the fact that it's really up to God. And both of you said um, in your messages at different points, before you talk to your friends about God, talk mm-hmm. to God about your friends. I mean, well, both real of quick, you, I yeah. stole that from John. Okay. Well, that's good. <laughs> you know what? I didn't <laughs> steal everything in the <laughs> sermon, yeah. but I, I haven't, was, I haven't I've, and I haven't had an original that. thought in ministry <laughs> yet. So I'm <laughs> you and I were talking, you said that, and I wrote that down. Yeah. I'm like, oh, that's going in that's there. Right. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> but you know what, though? There's there's nothing new under the sun. Right. Nothing, nothing new under the sun. That's right. I stole that too. That's right. But you know what, though? That that point, though, is that, yeah, get the, get the, get the, get the, practical story down that's great but really the bottom line is lifting those people up before the lord so that when the opportunity comes you know what aspects of the story are really going to matter to that Mm -hmm. person at that particular time because we're Mm -hmm. dealing with individual people who are living in their own story Mm -hmm. and john like you're saying the, the person that you're you're dealing with they're they're in their own window of crisis and so the gospel is going to mean different things the, you know, from a different angle, different angles of the gospel are going to mean different things. And so w- praying is not is, is as much about praying for ourselves in those conversations with them or our interactions beyond the words that we say as it is anything else. And I think that's mm-hmm. so critical. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We got to pray for the people that we're that God's called us to, those neighbors. We got to pray for ourselves to have those mm-hmm. conversations, whether it's praying to be in circles where we actually get to meet people, um, or praying for the words that we need to say when we do meet them. I think that's... And even know, what you said earlier, that, that the Holy Spirit's job is to 
you know, yeah. whatever it is that we do end up saying, yeah. Holy Spirit's mm-hmm. going to take that and do his thing. And, yeah. and, and may do something entirely different than what we intended, mm-hmm. you know, and that's, that's the beauty of that. It's not, a, it's, we just get to be the instruments and, and I, it's, it's good to be an instrument in the hands of God. You yeah, know, it really is. So mm-hmm. anyway, guys, thank you so much for hanging out. If you, anybody listening missed any one of our podcasts, you can check us out on any, pretty much anywhere you get your podcast, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, uh, SoundCloud, or on our website, fpclakeland.org. And if you missed the message from this past Sunday, check it out on YouTube or on our website. Just search for FPC Lakeland on YouTube and you'll find it uh, right there. And this, uh, week uh john and kenny are back in the saddle um, with part three and this is going to be a good one because it's going to be something near and dear to all of our hearts and that's eating so i think that's <laughs> going to be a fun week and uh so brian thanks for hanging out with yeah, us thanks today for having me, john th- thanks for coming in kenny yep, thanks yep. for coming in and uh we'll uh, check everybody out next time